Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. (laughs) Welcome to my show. Remember, each week you can hear some of the most incredible stories of the paranormal, unsolved, mysterious phenomenon that is going on in individuals' lives. Personally, I'm someone who has been there, seen that, done that, experienced it, got over it, wrote about it, and now I'm trying to help others do the same thing. I discovered two paranormal phenomena being shadow people and hat man, and even trademarked both of those phenomena and defined and told the world about it. Nothing that I ever set out to do as a kid. I just wanted to be a comic strip artist. That was it. But as things planned out and panned out, (laughs) this is exactly what I was supposed to be doing all along. So I welcome you, the listener. If you've experienced anything out of the ordinary, just go to HeidiHollis.com or go to ShadowFolks.com and you can fill out as much information as you'd like in an email about whatever it is that you've experienced. And I will read it here on this program. Or if you'd like to be a guest and you want to share what it is you've experienced, you are more than welcome to do that. Just indicate that in your email. And it doesn't always have to be you seeking advice, like the email that I have today that I'm about to read to you. Sometimes people just want to share or they want to give advice or share about their research. And that is all fully welcome. But first, I want to tell you, right after this segment, we've got Dr. Michael Grosso, who has written a new book on miracles. You are going to love this conversation. Now I'll get to your emails. I mean, these are, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to share what it is that you're experiencing out there. I'm always extremely humbled. And again, doesn't matter. Angels to aliens, shadow people to hat man. It is all welcomed here. So this email starts off with, hi there, Heidi. I don't necessarily need advice. I'm not sure this is an issue anymore. Although there is a ghost in my house now. I don't think it's the same thing as the shadow person a few years ago. I just wanted to write to share my experience with you. So I lived at an apartment and I was on the patio just stewing over the arguments my husband at the time and I were having. It was a beautiful sunny day, very bright outside. There was no one else home and no pets. So I'm not sure why I looked over my shoulder to the sliding glass door, but I did. When I looked I saw a very tall shadow person who had been leaning to his right, holding on to the vertical blinds in such a way that I only saw his shoulder. 
his head, and his two hands holding the blinds. As soon as I looked, he ran away towards the dining area. Ooh, it's horrible. Can't imagine. So I just sat there and blinked. I wasn't startled or scared. I watched the blinds swinging wildly, and it took about 10 minutes for them to come to a stop. I just watched the blind the whole time, thinking, yeah, that just happened. <laughs> the color or absence of color is the darkest black possible, like a true black. I had never noticed before that what we think of as a black color is only the best representation of the color that we can manage to create, like how you can have vintage black paint, but still the light will reflect off of the surface because there is a surface. We can close our eyes or look into a pitch black room, but the pixelated haze of color our eyes sees makes it possible to see the true color. And this shadow person was like a black hole, very eerie in a bright, sunny setting. But at the same time, I wasn't creeped out. You know, I just wanted to say, first off, that's like the absence of light. That's what that is. Okay. <laughs> very eerie, she says but I wasn't creeped out. And I'm a wimp. I'm 33 now. And I run past dark rooms in the hallway still, which is slightly embarrassing. I get it. You don't want to see anything creepy in there. There's no way I wouldn't have at least gotten excited by the experience. But I was completely calm. That's not like me at all. Okay, first, I'll stop right here. Because um, I know what you're kind of getting at, because some people tell me, well, I wasn't afraid. So maybe it was a negative. Maybe it was an okay thing. But, um, you know, sometimes that happens. People aren't always in the full vibe of it. You kind of caught it off guard. It probably wasn't aiming for you. You know, it, you happened to catch it. Your gut said, look over your shoulder. And whoops, you caught it. So I find that fascinating. As she continues, I realized I saw him one other time before that. I saw from the corner of my eye that he crossed the hallway, blocking out the bathroom light entirely. And I looked and thought, that was odd. Had to be very tall to block out the whole light as I was sizing my six foot tall husband standing there. He wouldn't have been able to block out the top of the door area of light from that angle. But I immediately put it out of my head before making any judgment and carried on with what I was doing. It was months later, I got LASIK eye surgery and couldn't see at night basically at all after turning out the light, which would last for about 20 minutes, just a big haze of yellow on a black room. So I went to bed. And I was about to reach over and pull my blanket over my shoulder when the blanket moved up and over my shoulder. I asked my husband if he tucked me in, and he said no. I knew he didn't. He never had before, and we were on the verge of a divorce. But I had to make sure, so I asked. <laughs> Fast forward another few months, and I was sitting on the patio again when I hear my husband drop something and run through the apartment to our bedroom. He then comes out of the other patio and walks around to the sidewalk and asks me if I had just run out of the bedroom. I was a bit shocked, like, WTF? No, I've been sitting here. <laughs> Fast forward to a few years later, we're divorced now, and a few months ago, I asked him about the whole thing again. He said he had also seen it another time, a big black figure out of the corner of his eye standing by the sliding glass door, and when he looked, there was nothing at all. 
Like this this thing likes to play tricks on you guys. Uh, again, I can't help but to say, you probably weren't the target, but it was probably kind of letting you know, yeah, you saw me. Let me tuck you in. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, I've read that they instill a sense of terror into people, but mine actually was calming. And I think he tucked me in that night. As weird as that sounds, never seen him again. See, there it is. It's like this this reassuring. It's okay. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to comfort you a little bit, but I'm going to stay here. And if it was Hatman, which it kind of sounds like it because you saw hands, um, kind of distinctive, that may have indeed been him. And he likes people to know that he's present. So... And uh, I'm just going to continue. Okay. I never thought it was related, but who knows? My son is a very happy guy. He was eight at the time. And when we moved there, he started waking up screaming. He had a recurring dream of a large dog that scared him so very much. He never had night terrors before. So it was odd. (laughs) There it is. You weren't the target. There it is. I chalked it up to my marriage problems with his dad, but our arguing continued. But my son's night terrors stopped completely as soon as we moved out of that apartment. Eh, so it was going after your kid. And you know what? It may have also instilled some of the arguing that you two were having where you got pushed to the point of a divorce. In this current house, my son and I are the only two to hear or experience this ghost we have now. We hear knocking on the walls or something at night, and once we heard it run stomping up the stairs. We thought it was his sister, but he went upstairs to find her to check, and when he came back downstairs, his sister walked in from the backyard. That's a horrible feeling. My son and I just froze, and he was like, WTH. (laughs) My daughter asked what was going on. We explained to her, and she thought we were pranking her. I went upstairs with a kitchen knife just to check, make sure there wasn't some crazy person up there right after that. It was creepy, but I don't think it's related. What do you think? There are also many orbs on security cameras over here, and both inside and outside, they just go through the walls and floors and ceiling. They don't care. Some are slow and some are casual and some are fast, and they are way too fast to be bugs or birds. (laughs) It's really crazy here. Destiny. Well, Destiny, thank you so much for taking the time to write me. Um, yeah, it could actually be related. So, shadow person, absent of light. You totally described it to a T. Um, but I think it may be Hatman. People will kind of say, oh, that's a shadow person. It's a shadow being of a sort when he's in a certain form. Uh, but he can step out of that shadow-like form and become absolutely solid. And he also infiltrates people's dreams and causes nightmares, night terrors. And he loves to go after children. He likes to groom them. He grooms people. And you talk about this calming effect. I always connect shadow people and hat man to the alien phenomenon. And they will often put people into this relaxed state. So you do not resist. You do not fight. And uh, you don't have your flight or fight type of mentality going on. So they like to subdue people and they want you to get comfortable to their presence. And then they go on the onslaught for the person that they're really after, or they may have actually go after you too. So it's a strange thing. Um, And it's sad what really happens with all of it. You asked if it could be related to what you had going prior to what you suspect is a ghost now. And I think there's a high probability that that is what is going on. It's 
no absolute guarantee, but shadow people or hat man, they could make noises. Uh, they can cause problems. So, and they do tend to follow people. So this is something that could be absolutely what is going on. I always suggest just to be sure, bless your space, clean it out. Don't tolerate it because it's obviously making you feel uneasy now. And uh, that's not a positive thing. So clean it out and take care of it. You know what? This next guest that is going to be coming on, I am truly amazed by his uh, wealth of work. Dr. Michael Grosso will be joining us here after the break. You guys, keep those emails coming in. Just go to shadowfolks.com or heidihollis.com and put as much detail about whatever it is that you're experiencing out of the ordinary. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And we will be Stick around. Hang in there. Heidi's coming right back on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dr. Nathan Newman, doctor to top athletes and celebrities, plus creator of stem cell-based Luminesce, is proud to announce a much lower price on his products so more can enjoy a more youthful look. Luminesce is great for women and men on those fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, plus great on the neck, forehead, and hands. Dr. Newman. What causes the skin to break down with age? Changes that we start to look on our skin starts actually in our 20s where we get sun damage and the effects of pollution and our environment start to cause our skin to age and we start to break down the collagen, the elastin, and we get glycation, which is the sugar that we eat gets stuck within the collagen fibers and makes our skin inflexible. The Luminous Skin Care line does two things. One, it has a reparative effect so it makes the skin look and feel much better, softer, supple, and more young and smooth, but it also is preventative. So it prevents the skin from the breakdown and the damage that we get from the sun and from the environment and from sugars that we have in our body. Thank you, Dr. Newman. For several years, we have offered Luminous products and decided a price reduction was in order, so more can enjoy the amazing benefits of Dr. Newman's stem cell-based Luminous. Shop now at HealthyLooking.com or call toll-free 800-604-3129. If you would like to try Luminous, how about our starter kit, Postage Paid, for $19.99? See the full line of products from Luminous, plus our starter kit offer at HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com or call 800-604-3129. Luminous from HealthyLooking.com. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Just before the break, I mentioned my awesome guest, who is Dr. Michael Grosso. He is an independent scholar and part of our ever-growing group of scholars and thinkers critical of the prevailing materialistic view of the world. He has taught humanities and philosophy at Marymount Manhattan College, City University of New York, and City University of New Jersey. His newest book is Smile of the Universe, Miracles in an Age of Disbelief. Welcome to the show, Dr. Grosso. I have to say that I find the title of your book to be very appropriate for the times. How would you describe what your book is based on? Well, yeah, it, I, I use the word miracle because it uh, suggests something strong and uh, astonishing. But uh, the type of miracles that I'm interested in can be defined scientifically in the sense that by a miracle, I mean something that is astonishing and amazing, perhaps, but also uh, inexplicable 
in terms of modern science, or to be even more specific, it's extra physical. There's, there are no physical explanations right now of telepathy, of levitation, of instantaneous healings, and all the other stuff that I talk about in my book. And uh, whether it's coming or where it's coming from is still a mystery. Religious folk tend to believe that it's God, and I'm not arguing against that. I don't know how to explain these phenomena. I just want to re remind people, all people, that we have those amazing potentials as human beings within us. We don't quite know how to liberate them, and I touch on that in the book. There are various ways we can sort of set ourselves up and be ready or be poised to, uh, let's say, uh, have or encounter a miraculous, uh, uh, extremely extraordinary situation. So uh, that, that, that's the basic sense of, of uh, well, however, I do like the word miracle because some of the most spectacular and astonishing phenomena that I write about do occur in a religious context, but not all the time. I levitated somebody once in a classroom setting. I didn't do it personally, but in an experiment that was really uh, as amazing as any, you know, saint uh, rising up in the air. So you, and, and we were not saints. We were just an ordinary class of students with a, an extra teacher, by the way, who was also a witness. So, you know, I want to emphasize that fact. This is not a preachment, but a, uh, a discussion uh, designed to open all of us to our inner, profound inner potentials that we're just beginning to learn how to uh, liberate and, uh, and even acknowledge. Fascinating. When you say that uh, these things called miracles happen a lot uh, in connection to those who are religious, do you think that might be because we are able to look outside of ourselves and, and have this element of no doubts where we're manifesting things in, in conjunction with this outer belief? Well, yes, I think for for many people um, who do have a, uh, a religious sense uh, and believe and are open to the potential for some kind of intervention from outside of themselves, wherever it's coming from, from God, your guardian angel, or from your deep creative unconscious, it helps. Whereas if you're the sort of person who's cynical and reductionistic and totally anti-religious and anti the very notion of miracle, the likelihood is that psychologically you're not going to be uh, hip to the possibility of having an extraordinary experience that we tend to call miracles. But even that I'm not sure of, because I've heard of people having experiences that that made them religious, but before there wasn't a religious bone in their bodies. So, but again, that's a question I leave for the person who's having the experience. My business is to confront the facts as far as I can encounter them and, if they, and make sure that they are facts and not just uh, exaggerations or misunderstandings. 
Fascinating. And you were able to levitate someone in front of witnesses. And when you're speaking of levitation, automatically, I thought of magicians and the tricks that they're able to do. And it's like, so how do we distinguish and know for certain something is a miracle through science, through testing? I mean, well, in in the experience that I that I cite, we don't need anybody to tell us what we saw with our own eyes. We assembled we picked out and there was a special class where we were studying this type of phenomenon and I didn't expect anything to happen, but we picked a very heavy guy who's about 200 pounds, sat him in the middle of the classroom and four young ladies touched him, uh, each of them with two fingers under his legs and under his knees. And after chanting and breathing together for a few moments, I said, lift. And honestly, I never expected anything to happen, but they just stretched their arms. They didn't make any effort. There was no physical effort. Uh, but he went up in the air at the, at the mere touch of their, of their fingers. I can still remember his utterly astonished face. And then he came down gently, contrary to what should have happened, given his weight and the law of gravity. I don't need anybody to convince me or to uh, uh, validate what I saw, nor do any of the people who witnessed this phenomena, phenomenon. Now, it's nice if you have scientists who collect lots of cases and examples of this sort of thing, analyze them, make sure that they're on the up and up. And sure, in that sense, science can become a, a, a source of information. But in terms of everyday life, when people spontaneously encounter extraordinary phenomena, Uh, They can be misled sometimes or deluded. I will not deny that. But uh, countless examples uh, exist in which that is not so. And it's certainly not so for me. I'm not easily convinced against my own judgment. I know, I mean, it's not that I'm not skeptical. I am skeptical. But uh, when it's appropriate. But when I see something that's overwhelming and a bunch of other people have seen it, that that is enough. Uh, and on the other hand, yes, you can read books, you can read my book, and you'll get a more uh, accurate and convincing account of these phenomena. Because I'm not going to write a book about stuff that's uh, uh, doubtful or anybody can dis- dismiss. I wouldn't waste my time. Uh, I want to convince people of the reality of these phenomena. I like this notion because uh, oftentimes I've come across skeptics of, say, UFOs, and and they would say, "Well, uh, you're not. Uh, <laughs> how can I say you're you're not uh, certified or 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 educated <laughs> enough to look at the sky and to say what it is that you're seeing?" And it's like, "Are you kidding me? I can trust my own eyeballs to get me to work every day, but I'm not to <laughs> trust what's in the sky." So I I like this subjective nature because. How does a miracle become just? It, it's because of witnesses, and it's because of our own notion of this is extraordinary. And to trust that, is that, that's what I'm hearing from you. Exactly. You've got it perfectly. Uh, and, but again, I don't mean to dismiss science. There is science on this. I, am, I have friends who devote their lives uh, to studying these things as closely and as carefully as possible. The unfortunate situation, as I'm sure you're aware, our culture, the mainline culture, is steeped in 
a certain kind of science, which is quite marvelous in its own way, but which tends to neglect almost uh, consistently and almost on principle any extraordinary phenomena that they can't explain. Because what so-called, what I'm calling miracles, usually have no physical explanation. There is no physical explanation of how we, we levitated that student on that day uh, some, some years ago in a classroom. Uh, we have no scientific explanation for how people can be instantaneously healed while standing in front of a, uh, a statue of the Virgin Mary and saying a prayer. I mean, that kind of thing. It just, it seems incredible. But when you look at all of the evidence, you have to conclude, if you're a rational person and an open-minded person, uh, that these things occur. Uh, indeed. And uh, I, I think uh, we're on to something because it, when it comes to human potential versus God, uh, I think there's a combination of things going on here um, and what we're capable of doing and God-given gifts. Yes, you know, and, and there's another element here which you've almost touched on in what you just said, and that is that in talking about the psychological variables that uh, make uh, so-called miracles one shape or form or another occur, does imply some kind of belief, some kind of confidence that it's going to happen. It could be God, it could be a guardian angel, it could be your subconscious, or whatever it is, but there needs to be some powerful expectation and belief. Not all of the time, <laughs> mind you. Honestly, there's, there are a few things that you can say with absolute certainty about the realm of, of these extraordinary phenomena that we're discussing, because there are exceptions to almost anything you might say. But uh, there are some basic tendencies, and one of them is what I just mentioned. You've got to be, in some sense, tuned into the possibility uh, open, uh, trusting, uh, hoping, perhaps, expecting, uh, but not necessarily. Uh, and uh, so, yes, there, there's, there are variables and, and there are circumstances that tend to allow these things to happen more readily. Absolutely. There is that element of having no doubts and that element of faith, which kind of goes hand in hand. We're going to get to our next break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And we will be right back with Dr. Michael Grosso. Stick around. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hey folks, producer Tom here reminding you to make sure and check out our official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. For many of us, YouTube is our go-to place for audio-visual media, and we here at Coast to Coast are happy to share free hour-long excerpts of Coast to Coast AM with you, our loyal fans and new listeners. Our YouTube channel offers many different Coast to Coast AM hour-long pieces of audio on numerous topics, including ufology, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, strange creatures, prophecies, and much more much more. There's even a section that includes our most popular uploads, such as many of the David Pilates shows on people disappearing in national parks. To visit or subscribe, just go to YouTube and type in Coast to Coast AM Official, or you can simply go to the coasttocoastam.com website and click on the YouTube icon at the top. It's the official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. You're going to love this. Just get on over to coasttocoastam.com and start your free listening now. Hey, it's time to head over to coasttocoastam.com and check out the Art Bell Vault, a collection of timeless audio. Listen to some of the great interviews with the likes of the late Father Malachi Martin, Dr. Evelyn Paglini, investigative journalist Jim Mars, and more. This is classic audio that you can enjoy at any time, and it's all heard without interruption. New shows are added each week, so find out how to access the Art Bell Vault now by going to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. 
Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Today I have Dr. Michael Grosso, and he's written a fascinating book on the topic of miracles called Smile of the Universe. Uh, Dr. Grosso, can you tell us a little bit about some of the miracles that you have come across? Well, uh, I'll begin very briefly to mention levitation. I already mentioned my own experience, and that's what got me interested in doing the research. So I decided to research the most famous levitator, which is in a 17th century just as the scientific revolution was breaking out in the 17th century Italy, St. Joseph of Copertino is probably the most famous uh, figure in the, his, the annals of sainthood for his levitations. For 35 years, as long as he was a priest, he was continuously uh, manifesting that strange ability. And it, it of course, uh, in front of countless people, so there was no doubt about the reality of that. And one of the interesting things I might say about uh, levitation, among the uh, mystics and the saints and the, and the shamans and the mediums, because you find this in all types of, of individuals, but the key psychological variable that I think listeners might be intrigued to know is the state of ecstasy. Uh, when you are in a state of ecstasy, and of course most of us are not, we're too busy living and working and struggling, but for the, the inspired person who gets lost or loses his or her sense of identity, uh, uh, St. Teresa of Avila is another famous, uh, wonderful mystic and levitator. But it seems that, and this is worth lingering on for a split second, that in that state of ecstasy, which means, you know, ekstasis, meaning outside of yourself, when you're so into something that you're outside of your ordinary self, your psyche is, so to speak, devoid of distractions, and you've created, in effect, through an ecstatic state of mind, a, a momentary uh, openness, a kind of vacuum in your psyche that allows for these latent uh, powers to manifest themselves. So that, that's one thing. And of course, this is totally shocking to modern science, for which we know that gravitation is one of, if not the most basic force that holds the universe together. And the fact that occasionally, to small degrees and for brief periods of time, human beings in a certain state of mind can transcend or temporarily, it doesn't destroy or violate gravity, it puts it in abeyance temporarily. That's pretty cool, especially when you need to have that. For example, I've interviewed people, one guy that fell off a boat, off a motorboat, and if he had kept going down, he would have got caught up in the motor or something and been killed, but he slowed up inadvertently. He didn't know what was happening, and the people on the boat that watched him fall observed him that they, somehow gravity stopped, 
and gave him just enough time to grab on to a rope to save himself from death. So sometimes it happens like that. But more often it happens when a person is uh, in a state of ecstasy, prayer, or someone like Joseph would just get carried away uh, by the sight of a beautiful sky. And, I mean, there are in- examples of this that I've written about in the book, and, and you can see the, the details of it. Just walking along and undergoing a, a state of ecstatic transformation and rising into the, into the, um, uh, into the air. So, so that, that's one example, and it's a real challenge to, to science, try to understand what's going on. But I'm also very interested, uh, if I may, uh, in, in the healings uh, that, that we have. Now, healings, we have extraordinary healings in, in everyday life. And a lot of people don't realize that the, the placebo effect, which we're all familiar with, we take a medicine and a doctor gives us a medicine. It's not a real medicine. It's just a, uh, maybe a sugar tablet designed to induce us to believe that we're going to be healed. We know from innumerable studies that this frequently works. So, for example, uh, most um, depression um, um, uh, medicines work almost, I should say the the placebo effect is just a small degree uh, less effective than taking the actual uh, uh, pills that are designed for, for depression. And then there are extraordinary cases on record. There's one in particular that I talk about in my book about a Mr. Wright who absolutely believed that, a, that some new thing he had heard of was going to cure him of his cancer. It was called probiosin. This is back in the 1950s. It's all written up, by the way, in the literature. And it turned out that probiosin was a horse serum that had no value whatsoever in terms of healing. But this man absolutely believed in it, and he was almost instantaneously healed of his cancer. He went around and went back to life. He went flying. He was a happy dude in perfect health until he got the news that this uh, substance was worthless as a healer. And so his beliefs changed, and the cancer came back. Now, the other detail of the story, I'll say wow. very quickly, the doctor figured this out and said, look, I'm going to give you the real uh, dose. I gave you the wrong dose. So Mr. Wright still believed. He took it a second time. Again, he was healed. And then months later, he read an article in the New York Times that this is garbage. And it came, the cancer came back, and he died immediately. Now, <laughs> if that's not a miracle, I don't know what the hell I what did. <laughs> And, and it took place just through a, in the context of somebody believing something very powerfully. Uh, so uh, there are many other uh, examples that we could discuss, but I know time is short. No, it's, uh, it's fascinating to me. It's kind of makes me think of that saying, God helps those who helps themselves. And it's like, we have to believe in the miracle to have the miracle or have the faith to have the intervention even, you know, for those of us yeah. who have faith. So it seems that way. I mean, a- another very famous case uh, with, a, with a Marian vision, uh, a Pierre de Ruda, who had been sick for eight years. And again, I'll say this in about two seconds, finally got to go and uh, to Lourdes and stand before a statue of the Madonna 
and beg to be healed so he can work for his family and serve his family. And after eight years, uh, all kinds of doctors checked him out, but they couldn't do anything for this guy. He was instantaneously healed. He just dropped the crutches. All this was deeply uh, uh, documented and it caused uh, quite a controversy in France back in the 19th century because there are people that just didn't want to believe this stuff was possible. And uh, books have been written about this particular uh, incident that I'm citing. And I discuss it in my book also. You get a shorter version of it uh, in, in, my, in my book on miracles. Fascinating. It, it, it makes you wonder, though, what, what is that button to push? How do we ah, yes. get to that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, here's my image, uh, Heidi. It's just an image, an intuition. The spirit... The energy, the healing power pervades the entire, uh, at least we'll say our human world. I don't know how far out to the galaxies it goes. That's silly to talk about that. But the, but the assumption is that the big mind, the greater mind, to which our personal minds are deeply connected at a deep level, it's there, that, mind, that mind with all its healing and marvelous potential is there all the time and there is a, an almost an endless variety of circumstances that are, that may transpire that will open us up to an influx from the uh to this creative uh um this omnipresent creative energy that's so close to us but also so far because we're wrapped up in our ordinary brains and bodies and minds but somehow when, when those brains, bodies, and minds are in a certain state, a certain opening, and we don't have a formula for how to make this happen, then the creative phenomena take place. But if anybody could figure it out, you know, some kind of a rule that we could follow and definitely, you know, uh, tap into this extraordinary power, that person would be like one of the saviors of mankind, humankind, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old habit, right? Mankind. But oh. By the way, man always, was always used in the past yeah. to imply men and women, but that's uncool today to use that term. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so these other elements of uh, miracles that you come across, uh, Bleeding statues and pain. Ah, yeah, yeah. How do you explain this, though? This is outside <laughs> of the human body. So exactly. how is this happening? Hey, ooh, how do we, again, if I could answer that question, uh, I would be, uh, you know, uh, sailing on top of the universe. But no, uh, it, it, that in, in the 1990s, by the way, I just mentioned this, and I cover this in some detail in my book. Readers might be fascinated to know that there was an epidemic of statues and paintings all over the world that uh, were uh, experienced as uh, bleeding or weeping. And every one of those stories is an interesting story. You can't even, I mean, I've read, read many of them and many of them are in quite, quite detail. One of them in 1953, by the way, going back even earlier, that uh, occurred in Italy to a woman whose hun husband was a raving communist. <laughs> so that's kind of, kind of funny. But 
uh, she was very ill and pregnant and a, a, an, an icon of the Madonna started to weep and she was healed instantly. Uh, and again, doctors came on the scene. All of Italy knew about it, the whole world was headlines all over the planet. I don't Amazing. remember it. Wow. I want to thank Dr. Michael Grosso for coming on the program. Absolutely cool stuff. And remember, you can get his book, Smile of the Universe. And you can also visit consciousnessunbound.blogspot.com and Painting the Psyche. And uh, wow, just so much to read and so much to learn. Dr. Michael Grosso, thank you so very much. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And in our next segment, I have a special story I want to share. Speaking of miracles, we'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. 
about $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, uh, the paranormal, uh, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. Uh, you sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What is one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Para what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's ParanormalDate.com It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on Paranormal date.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO? Well, yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you. You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it. Wow. This paranormaldate.com thing really works. Maybe paranormaldate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in UFOs, ghosts, aliens, big Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Nori. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. Now back to Heidi and Dark Becomes Light on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> the last two segments, I had a fabulous guest, Dr. Michael Grosso, and uh, his book, Smile of the Universe, Miracles in an Age of Disbelief. I can't even imagine a more appropriate book to be put out during COVID times where people are getting sick, losing their positions, losing their jobs, losing their homes. So much is going on out there. And a lot of people are like, where's God? Where's God in all of this? Apparently he's not uh, going to pay attention or maybe we deserve this or something. It's really sad. And um, I get it. You know, when we're in those moments of desperation losing our insight, losing our hope, losing our faith, all these things culminating during COVID time has had a lot of people just lose it, <laughs> ultimately. And, and 
reasonably so. I get it. Uh, but I think some of this displaced anger is uh, not helping the situation. I think, if anything, this is a time to look for those miracles. Pull your faith together. Because they are happening. And if we look and pay attention hard enough, we're able to help our neighbors do the same. Our friends, our family to realize that we really aren't left alone. And, you know, I wanted to use this last segment to share about something that uh, I myself have experienced when it comes to the topic of miracles. I wrote a book called Jesus is No Joke, a true story of an unlikely witness who saw Jesus. People know me to uh, speak on the shadow people, hat man topic all the time, demons and the devil. Uh, But I actually have more positive books out there. And this book I just mentioned, Jesus is No Joke, is uh, actually my most highly regarded book out there. Uh, So... I wanted to share something in there because something that uh, Dr. Grosso mentioned truly struck like close to the heart of something that I experienced. So I'm going to go into a little bit of detail on what I'm speaking of here. So I had an encounter with Jesus. I had more than one. I know I've mentioned it briefly here on the shows, but uh, this one in particular was really moving for me because it required something of me. Dr. Grosso mentioned how there's this element of no doubts or faith, (laughs) kind of one and the same um, when it comes to reaching this level of uh, ecstasy as well, like just not being disturbed, totally focused and, and honing in on a miracle to happen. And then there is that story in the Bible where uh, a woman touched Jesus's cloth and knew she'd be healed if she did that. And it's like, Jesus spun around and said, hold on, who touched me? You know, Um, so it was apparent that some people's level of faith, knowing if they just had that chance for something, the miracle would take place. And that's been repeated throughout history, repeated through the Bible and other religious testimonies out there. So I wanted to share one of mine because uh, it's something that um, really took me Uh, a meeting of minds and heart um, with a miracle that was already given to me. So I'll tell you, I had a pretty horrible uh, disorder when I was in college. And uh, it's something that I had for 12 years, 12 years, absolutely confirmed, diagnosed, and it was just a chronic condition. It was one of those things that I was just going to have to learn to live with. And I was like, wow, this is a horrible way to have to live. And uh, so on one of the occasions that I had an encounter with Jesus, I, I didn't actually see him physically. Okay. I saw a bright light in my bedroom. And I'm I prop myself up on my elbows. I'm like, well, what's this bright light doing in, in my room? And and when I I looked down at the foot of my bed, there was this ray of of light, much like sunshine, uh, hitting my feet. And I'm got my elbows, uh, you know, I'm leaning forward, and and I'm like, what? And I could feel that presence. I I just recognized it to be him. 
Jesus, I, I felt it because I'd, I'd met him before and I, I totally recognized it. And I always tell people I could be blind and see it's him. And this time I didn't see him physically, but I totally saw the light and felt him. Okay. So this light is hitting my feet and parts of the light are starting to break off and, and spread and going up my legs under the blankets and, and start circling in my stomach. And when it hit my stomach, it was very much like being in a hammock, hanging out in a hammock and a great wind came and just whoop, all of a sudden I'm upside down looking at my body because the love levels that hit me were so immense that it pushed me out of my body. It's hard to express that level of love tickles. It was just so perfect and joyous. And um, there truly are just no words. There really are no words. And so I'm watching as this light has penetrated my stomach. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, I don't see him, but I could feel him. Where is he? You know, and I'm watching the light totally dissolve and, and go into my stomach and And I'm like, well, but what is he doing? And then I thought, is he healing me? And I don't know what made me think. No, he wouldn't do that for me. That self-doubt, right? That (laughs) self-doubt. Can't have doubts. And surely not in the presence of him. And uh, the moment I thought that, Boom, I go back into my body, the light cut off at my feet, and I prop myself back up onto my elbows and I'm looking and I'm I'm watching the light sink into my stomach and, and the joy start to go away. I'm like oh, and I'm looking around I'm like where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? And I'm like, Well what did that mean? Didn't make any sense to me. Just absolutely didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, Well, he didn't show himself physically, he didn't speak this time. Light and these coming into my stomach. Like, it was just, it was so puzzling to me. So I had to get a checkup to see how far along this horrible disorder was that I had and uh, go to my doctor and <laughs> my doctor's like, huh, we can't find the disease. What? What do you mean you can't find the disease? <laughs> um like, I don't know what to tell you. It's gone. And mind you, I was still very sick, feeling very ill. I'm like, it's gone? And he's like, yeah, I I don't know what to tell you. You know, biopsies and all. It's like everything is is okay now. So I just kind of, you know, I I was like in a state of shock. and, and, And I was thinking of things like what, what, what could have happened? How could this have happened? And, uh, Then I had one of my UFO paranormal discussion group meetings, and there was a lady who was obviously very ill. She came in her wheelchair, and she goes to my meeting, and she says to the group, yeah, so anyways, I want to be healed. I have tried miracle healers and all these different people and different potions and stuff, and and I hear that the aliens can heal me, so I'm here to figure out how I can get aliens to heal me. And someone in my group unexpectedly said, well, sweetheart, only Jesus heals. 
And she's like, oh, I've already tried that type of thing. And, and I'm quiet. I'm like, and I say quietly and I'm like, guys, I think Jesus healed me. Everybody like turned to look. It's like, what? What did you say? It's like, I, I, I think Jesus healed me. And do you know, mind you, I was sick as a dog still up to this moment, though my doctor had already told me that we can't find the, the disorder anymore. It's gone. Um, the second that I said it, all of my symptoms disappeared. <laughs> so it took a matter of me confirming what he'd already done. It took me to believe it was done, that that was what was behind his coming to me. And I hold that dear to me because, you know, that saying, God helps those who help themselves. And also when it comes to believing and faith and, and I doubted him. The second I doubted him, boom, he's gone. But he'd already done it. I just needed to say the words. See how powerful words are? And our intentions, our thoughts, all of it. So I wanted to share that here with you, especially after a wonderful interview like uh, with Dr. Michael Grosso. So miracles happen even in these types of times. And uh, we can always hold true to that now and depend on that. Again, I want to remind you guys, go to my site, shadowfolks.com or heidihollis.com. Send me anything that you've experienced out of the ordinary that you'd like to share or get insight on, or even your research. If you want to be a guest on this program, you are more than welcome. And as much detail as you want to put into it, the better. All right, because this is what it's all about. We build each other up in this lifetime, I always say. And it's always fascinating where we end up. Isn't it wonderful? You guys stay safe out there. I know it's a harsh time for all of us. It's difficult to be in the world today, but we can't lose faith now because the shadow people, hat man, and all these negative things are placing their bets on us to not figure them out. They are just going rampant, but uh, I got the down low on them and I'm willing to share and I'm going to keep on doing that. All right, you guys, you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And we will catch you next time. Be safe. God bless. Catch you next time. Good night, everybody. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.